You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon Sugar Podcast and I just came on to open the podcast and I'm going to hop off because I don't want to see what these boys are about to try to talk to me about LeBron so I'm muting myself for the rest of the podcast <laughs> hey I was to say we don't give a damn about what happened this weekend for us because I can tell you what exactly happened for me I got a chance to see King James or Queen James or Prince Charming, or what? What are we calling him now? Uh, uh, custodian James, uh, wh- whatever label you want to give him, you got to say it while he's at home in Cancun somewhere, having a watching the rest of the playoffs because he exited in the first round. I, that's what we did this weekend. We watched time go completely quiet in group chat and not respond none whatsoever is what we did this weekend. And we are still with re- waiting on a reply text to the current texts that we currently have floating in your SMS box. It's crazy because, you know, like if LeBron would have won, he would have been going off in the chat and we would have responded. We would have had our comments, but he went so total media silent. That's, that's typical. That's a typical LeBron fan, I guess. He, he leaves early on, on his fan on his Ooh. team and stuff. So I guess he did it too. He <laughs> leaves early from the thing. No big I deal, see I guess. What you doing? It's, it's a little weird, but I guess I do want to hear. I do want to hear Times' thoughts though, because I do think it is he deserves a right to talk about it. He does. And if his opinions has changed, obviously he's going to say no because he's just so brainwashed. But uh, I would like to hear his thoughts on this. So he is now unmuted. And I uh, would yes, love to hear would, what he thinks about this. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all boys are fool. First of all, I did respond and said Devin Booker had a hell of a game. You responded like a day later. That's right. But yeah, you said uh, I didn't have like, responded one time. <laughs> nah, but listen, as far as you said, as my mind changed, if if this performance sways you either way, then you, you you're not really watching basketball. Because what I'm saying is – this is year 18, LeBron. You know, if you didn't think he was the GOAT before this, you're not going to think he's the GOAT after this. If you thought he was the GOAT before this, you're not changing your mind because of this. This is – LeBron was not 100%. That's neither here nor there. The big part is AD wasn't even in the game. And this, this is called what it is. I said this last week on the podcast. The Suns are a good team. And if nobody else was going to step up, Kyle two points, Kuzma out here. Didn't step up, didn't do anything. I don't even know why he's even in the league at this point if he can't get more than two points. But, you know, it's just LeBron. I mean, I get people, a lot of people saying, well, he didn't, LeBron didn't take over. He didn't do this and that. Do y'all realize what that stems from? That stems from the fact that we are so used to LeBron being uh, godlike and being able to carry so many teams on his back like he's done. That people actually believe that this Lakers team with year 18 LeBron should have had a chance against that Suns team. And it's just crazy it's to unreal. me. It's crazy. You know, but it's, it's, it's what hold on, hold on. It's funny after the first game, it was like, oh, Lakers still gonna be in the finals. They they're one oh. They're this right, is gonna be an easy right. sweep. They still had all the, now, now all of a sudden it changed, and now it's like this Suns team's really good. So they are so my whole issue, okay, so I saw a couple memes that actually really hit home to the point. So it's funny because, like, like, you love to say, oh, LeBron supporting Cass didn't do things. He struggled. They didn't have any help or whatever. But it's funny. You love to bring up the same thing. He's so good, he can bring a bunch of scrubs to the finals. So which is it? You can't have both. Oh, he can do it all by himself or, oh, I need a supporting cast. It's got to be – you can't have both. No, that's what I'm saying. We're so used to him being able to pull scrubs to the finals. Well, well and that's – But he's, he's a lot older right now, Gary. He's not yeah. – he's, he's in Jordan his 36 season. still did it. In his, in his, Jordan did it at 36. And what season? And what season was Jordan in? In his, in his last season with the Bulls. Right, but what season was that? And who did he still have on his team? He, he still had Pippen. He, he still had Pippen. He still had Dennis Rodman. He still had Phil. I, oh, but see, so, no, no. Here you go. Here you go. I love that you brought that up because that's what I was leading you in. 
to another one. So if you want to go by, by uh, the best teammates that MJ had, all-star caliber teammates, he had Scottie Pippen, he had Dennis Rodman and Horace Grant, who weren't on his team when they were all-stars, and that is it. Let's name LeBrons, Dwayne Wade, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irvin, Chris Bosh, Kevin Love, Ray Allen, Ziggy Auguskas, Big Z. Um, we got Mo Williams, Tristan Thompson. This man just said Big Z and Mo Williams like he naming people. Uh, they were all stars. They were all stars. Thanks to LeBron. But it doesn't matter. They were all stars. Jordan did not have other all stars on his team besides Scotty. All he needed was Scotty. Scotty and okay. Phil. Okay. Which okay, so we 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 we're not even gonna argue about that anymore because y'all y'all would take all day and argue about. One more meme. That's the last one. Go so ahead. this is a fact. It says so. It's a picture of two guys, and it says one guy stayed on the team that drafted him nearly ten years ago, which resulted in three NBA championships. While the other guy in that time betrayed his hometown twice, formed two super teams, traded sixty percent of his teammates, fired two coaches, only won three championships and eight tries, and his fans say he's the goat. So those two players are Steph Curry and LeBron. So right. it's very interesting different things. Yes, because Steph Curry's not left this team. All his team was built around him through the draft. Was and, it? Was it yes. all built around him through the draft, or was KD a big uh, part? He won of, one uh, with KD. He won two without KD. Do what? He won one championship with KD, right? He won two with KD. Okay. He still he didn't he didn't recruit him. And KD wanted to join. There's a difference. How many finals did he Can we? Man, yeah, look, y'all done got me dropping the call out here, knocking me off. And look, this is what I'm saying. It's it, it's it's Steph Curry. Yeah, I love Steph Curry's game, but Steph Curry didn't even win Finals MVPs in any of them Finals. It was it was it was Andre Iguodala for slowing down LeBron, who averaged, uh, you know, damn near triple double, and then KD back to back. So I mean. It's hard for me to. You hear. can't use final MVPs if you don't want to give it to Jordan when you talk finals MVPs. That's all. I do. Look, I, I give look, it. I give look, it to guys, Jordan. I, I, y'all will argue about this all day. Y'all will argue hey, about this all day. I'm not it. gonna let y'all argue about this. I, I did start it, but I do have this question. I do. The, the reason why I wore the hat is because I, I know that we were sitting at home on the couch. I know that we lost uh, to a red, very talented team in the Utah Jazz because individually, I think they're just uh, okay from a position to position, but collectively together, they're really good. Uh, very similar to what you think the Phoenix Suns are now that they put the Lakers at home. But before that, they was just an okay team. Correct. But you know what? I'm I not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. I said last I week know, were a good team. I, I, I want to know, I want to know, as a leader, was it okay for LeBron James to get off that bench and go in after them playing that bad during that game. Here, let me answer. Let me answer what Time's going to say. He's going to say the coach answer. You know, well, you know, he had to get treatment on his ankle, so he was just going to go prepare it before for the next game. But nobody does that. You don't do that to your team. Yeah, that's I, he well, know that. I, I just want to know. That's what his answer is going to be. I okay. know. No, but y'all do know that he uh, went and congratulated the other team after afterwards. In their I, I don't care room. about that. I'm I'm asking you. Do you think it was okay for your leader to get up and leave early with five minutes and something to go left in the game? Well, I mean, he had to go get his treatment started. LeBron's got an old ankle, you old know. You. It's just <laughs> now. I mean, here's what I say. Obviously, yeah, you you would feel like you want somebody to stick around, but at the end of the day, it's like. <laughs> That's just you know, for for show at this point, like because you know he went back into like because there's pictures with him like giving Devin Booker an autographed jersey or something. That was after the, the loss. We're talking about the other game when they got blown out by thirty. Right, yeah. right. Well, well, that one for sure. I don't give a damn about because he really. If you got to go get treatment done, you're going to get your treatment done, and I everybody knew that knows. Was but That's everybody funny. knows that LeBron is psychoanalytic about his body, so it's like. If he thinks that, you know, he knows he's not getting back in the game. He knows that the game's over. Go start getting your treat. It don't make any sense for him to sit there and watch the rest of that game. It just doesn't make sense. Look, look, look. Other, time, time. other basketball finish. players do that all the time. And Jordan and Kobe never did. Just so like, I bet, I bet I go, back, by 45 I bet and, go back somewhere and find where one of them did that. I bet please do. Time. Have you checked time. every tape, Gary? Yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> time. 
I, What's up, I, dude? This is all I want to say, man. Newsflash. Like this is this is me. Hot topic. I don't I don't see a problem with him leaving the bench. I even if I, I don't care what the circumstances were. If you're down thirty and you've been out there trying to coach these young guys into the game and they not listening, hell, I don't see. I, the, the next best thing for you to do is leave and take your ass back to the locker room and say, look, man, I tried to help them out there. It didn't work out. That's what you do when you do with your family members. If they don't listen to shit that you're trying to say, remove self. Do you not? Do we not all do it? If we don't want to hear the deal with it, we get our ass up and we remove ourselves. LeBron James did exactly that. I have no problem with that. That's my hot take. I have no problem with that. But what I do have a problem with is you making excuses on why he got up and went to the back. It was because they was playing bad basketball. It wasn't because he needed treatment. That's what the problem is. Just tell us, LeBron James, you were sick of that shit just like we was, and you got up and you took your ass to the locker room. Tell us that. I would would accept that as the cause if – Whenever he came out the game, and Stop he went straight, and he went straight back Stop to the locker room because he's pissed off how bad everybody's playing. Stop. At that point, at that point, you've already accepted how bad you're playing. You got five minutes left in the game. Look, you've this, already this, realized how bad y'all playing. It's not, it's not really affecting you. Hot off the presses, right here. Tom, Tom, that, this is why. This is why it upsets me. Him walking off his court. <laughs> him, him walking off the court. Time is is. Uh, he could have just told us the truth and said he was sick of. It. You know why? Because you taking on world problems and making a decision way, way more heavily on your career than you walking off the court. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to throw your feet in the fire and talk about China and talk about, you know, blacks or, you know, hit world topic issues and stuff like that, it shouldn't be a big deal for you to say, hey, man, I was sick of y'all shit out here. So I got up and I walked my ass to the locker room. Because I couldn't take it anymore. Instead of saying, hey, man, say I got treatment. You see what I'm saying? That's why it upsets me. Because in the real world, you stand up for real problems. And people really judge you for that. And we 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 understand why you got your ass up from the bench. Hell, we turn the TV off. When you walk to the bench, we like, yeah, it's, it's over. Yeah, I just don't think that that's ever going to play out. It's, it's, it's so funny to me. Because people that when when people try to talk about LeBron Lee, it's like oh bad teammate this, uh, selfish that bad teammate this. When when we're talking about LeBron's game, oh he's too good a teammate. He passes too much. He's not selfish enough. So it's like I, we never like, we never said that on this podcast. So I don't know who you're talking uh, about. We, say we, that ain't we don't say that. We don't we, say we that. don't say that. So people don't address us with what LeBron. other people say. Address what we talk about on this podcast. Don't address him what they talk about. I'm pretty sure Gary said something about him passing up uh, shots. So. Uh, only it, only uh, to win the games. Uh, that's all. No, no. He's that's a the only problem passer. I have with the game winning shots. Passer. Y'all realize that Kobe and Michael Jordan did not hit every game winner. They had many passes to Ori. So, you know, who shot the first shot ever, though? It was Kobe. And you know who's second in most ever game winning shots made in the past how many years? LeBron. You know who's 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 second in and or who's Kobe first is, in Kobe has shot more Kobe shot so many more than everybody else. That's why his percentage right. is low. His percentage is terrible because he just it's, chucks it it's up. Actually, bad it's shot. actually thirty three percent, but because he terrible. shot he shot almost a hundred and something more than every other player. That's how terrible. how much he won the ball in his hand. Yeah, because he thought he was the best every time, and he was the best on his team. Super fan. (laughs) Really? What's D'Angelo talking about? And what I want to ask y'all about. Well, I want to ask y'all about. Hold on, Tom. Hold on, Tom. Can can we round this this LeBron conversation up? I'm only saying that I wore my hat, bro, in honor, because we talked about it at the top of the the podcast about my hat. I wore it in solidarity with team. I good enough to go to the finals, but I knew we was good enough to compete, just not with a Utah Jazz team. So this is me supporting my team even after we lost. But I'm pretty sure that you didn't put none of that Lakers shit on after y'all lost. But we ain't gonna oh, talk yeah. about it because I'm well, He only became a Laker fan because LeBron. He don't like the Lakers. I'm about to say, I, I woke up this morning. I poured a bowl of cereal from a specially printed box of LeBron James Wheaties. Go check it out. I got two boxes of them. I That's poured a box of those Wheaties. 
and I'm gonna eat them even though they stale because they're old. But I don't give a damn. That's how brainwashed yeah, he is. I'm gonna tell boy. y'all what he gonna do. I'm gonna tell y'all what he gonna do. <laughs> this is what time regiment is, and I I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna spill the beans time because you deserve <laughs> this. You absolutely deserve this. Before time go to the rec and plays basketball, he take out the specially mint special K LeBron Wheaties that he have. He yeah. pour up a bowl. He eat him a big bowl. He get full. He go into the gym thinking that the same superpowers that LeBron has are going to be transferred over to him, and he finds himself sitting his ass on the sideline and not winning a damn game <laughs> but talking about the stats that he have. Oh, I had six uh, points that last game. I had three points this last no, game. No, no well, rebound. You, you're forgetting no, the part. You're forgetting the part. You're forgetting the part where he goes in and flops. <laughs> he does. He did get that superpower. Serial I, I do have to flopper. Bring up- because you brought up the hat, I had to bring it up because, you know, I was challenged about a month and a half ago to a shirt competition by time, and he is yet to deliver once a day, ever on any of these podcasts. I'm delivering oh, every day. We got a little Doug I, Funny shirt today. Doug you know, funny you know shirt time today. doesn't deliver. He's called me out a month ago. I brought in all these shirts, and he keeps cutting out the segments where I'm wearing a shirt, and he's not. That is dominating. So I'm just saying, he's probably going to cut this segment. So I'm recording it myself <laughs> right now to post this on social media. So there's proof of it. So he's going to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, I've been cutting the shit out of that segment. I was, I was, I'm right down the time. All right, 940. <laughs> no, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, you know, when it comes to LeBron and, you know, people taking his superpowers to the gym, I do hope that more people grow up and play the game like LeBron. And it's, this is the other thing that's so funny to me. And I think, I think that there is a racial dynamic that plays into this. So LeBron and Luca have very similar games. And I've noticed in a lot of these, like, sports groups I'm in or people on my Facebook that love Luca and praise Luca, but want to bash on LeBron's game, even though Luca plays damn near the same game as LeBron, and it's crazy. So what, like, what is it that? Because Luca whines like LeBron. Luca flops. Luca can hit big shots. Luca can carry the team. Luca's only twenty-two. Luca passes. Luca rebounds. He does a lot of the same stuff that LeBron does. You know. You but- know. You know why? You know why Luca uh, is is love way more than LeBron James right now. Well, what you would think is because they're not comparing Luca to Michael Jordan. Correct. They're comparing that's the Luka. only reason. That's the only difference. And when it's You're not comparing even close, LeBron like it's James for people. Yeah, it's a, it's not. Yeah, it's not even close. So because right, it's not even close, close, how far LeBron is in front of MJ is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you that's how what? brainwashed you are. But it's all you good. Are. Everybody, people are brainwashed and all the time. No, I'm a, I'm, I've said this many times, and I'll leave it at this as far as the LeBron statement. If you think MJ is better than LeBron, I'm not going to argue with you because I think there's arguments for that either way. But this is my favorite part about MJ fans. When it comes to LeBron and MJ, they always want to go 6-0, 6-0, 6 is greater than 4, 6 is better than 4. But then as soon as somebody else steps into the conversation and goes, oh, well, Bill Russell this. Oh well, Robert Ory's got damn near seven eight, but then then people are like, oh well, well you got to take this into account. You got to take again, this into account. Again, you're so saying obviously people. you're not talking yeah, about us. That's not what we say. I, I I still don't. I don't know why you keep bringing, you keep bringing that outside not, shit we're to this talking about us. Yeah, we're talking about us. We're talking about us. You something that we said against us, Tom. Against us. I said six four. goes into his resume, but that is not the only reason. I have um, I've contended con- to this day LeBron's a top five talent. I say I still believe to me Kevin Kobe are more of the discussion or him and Kareem are more of the discussion than Jordan personally. And I'm put it this way, I'm gonna do a deep dive. I'm gonna give you stats. I'm gonna give you seven player stats. And I'm just not gonna give you player name, age, nothing. I'm just gonna give you their stats for a certain amount of years. I'm not gonna pick, I'm just gonna pick random years and well, you tell me which player you pick is the gro- is the goat of these players. That's all. So why, okay. Why are you gonna? Right, I, I respect. What's that gonna? No, matter? no. I'm saying like everybody will be picked. So it'll be like their first ten years. Maybe it'll be ten years in their in the middle of their career. Ten at the beginning. I'll just do ten ten straight years in a row 
of the every player, and then I'll just use just stats, and then I'll present the stats to you, and you tell me who's the better player. Ooh. And then that so you're not gonna have any names, so there's no name. That's the no thing. I think names. We just going through. This is like if the mad singer. Because because honestly, Jordan might not win this thing. Who knows? I'm I, I'm gonna do Ooh, this with seven players. Player. And I want y'all to tell me who you pick. I'll do the deep dive. I'll do it all, and then you tell Ooh. me who to go to. These this players. gonna be fun. This gonna be fun. And I'm I'll, do, I'll about this name segment. the players afterwards. I, that can I'm be. The, here, here's what I'm gonna say about that. That's just the stats alone. Can be a very misleading thing because if I if I take the year as a whole and look at Russell Westbrook stats from this year, say say that, but he, there's so many and players. No, no, no. He said what? ten straight years. It'd be ten, 10 straight, straight years. years of a career. I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just saying. But like, what well, well, he's saying, he's time. saying the, the reason why he said ten straight years, and this is why I understand it because if a player played twenty years, he'd have to take ten consecutive years. So whether it's tw- two, two through twelve. Uh, you see what I'm saying? He get the chance. So what he's to gonna choose. do is he's gonna go figure out which ones make LeBron look the worst, and then take no. those. And then, no. so I want you to set out what's your standard right now before you start your research. What are you gonna do? Okay. I'll give you All my right. standard next week, exactly what it's gonna be, and then I'll start doing the deep dive in like two weeks. I'll give you the numbers. I'll present you the numbers. All right, and I, I want you to make sure you can have efficiency in there. I will have everything. I promise. Right. I've already started. <laughs> Damn, it's already been done. <laughs> and then it will also have awards. Yeah, and all that stuff LeBron well. James. Man. It will okay. have awards so, and stuff. Okay, so can I? Can I? Can I? Can I interject and get out of this basketball conversation said, real quick? Y'all because, hijacked the podcast with LeBron. I got here yeah, how y'all weekend was for real. <laughs> no, that was our weekend. I don't yeah, even want to talk weekend. about weekend. We, oh, wow. we, passed, we passed it. That was our weekend. We do want to talk about this, though, Tom, and I really want you to start it, and then, uh, Gary, you'll go, and then I kind of follow it up. This thing with Osaka, man, uh, her saying that, hey, um, my mental health, I don't want to talk to the media anymore, and then her getting fined. Do you agree or do you disagree with this just whole process? Uh, in terms of you know her wanting to step back or needing to step back, however you view this situation, I just want to know what you think of this situation, Tom, and then Gary, and then I'll come behind you. Well, to me, you know, I can understand, I can understand somewhat, you know, the tennis association side of they they already have a hard enough time with getting viewers and getting people to watch. And so, you know, that makes those pressures even more important than them because you want to have your stars out on, you know, the camera because you need things to attract people's eyes to your sport. But when it comes to somebody like her, when she is clearly a future face of your sport um, and she talks about, you know, mental health reasons why she wants to play, you know, I feel like you got to just be understanding and supportive at that point because, you know, this is somebody that could be helping carry your sport to the next generation. And if I'm if I'm tennis, I'm going to be like, all right, you know what? These are extenuating circumstances. We're going to let this slide. I know at that point it can become a slippery slope as far as who gets to slide. But when it comes to mental health, I think you can't play around with that. And, you know, especially with somebody like this that's a really young star and she's going to be carrying the torch for you guys. So now – not only do you not have her doing press conferences, but she pulled herself out of the whole tournament. And and, and it's so, like, you, you just messed up. You went from not having her for a press conference to not having her for the whole tournament, which I can't ever see as being good for your sport when you lose a star, a young star like that. No, so I, I will agree and disagree on certain things. So I disagree that you give her special treatment just because – if you do that to one, you have to do it to all. So, oh, yes. and I, I'm not for giving special treatment to anybody, no matter who it is. That's just not how I view things. I don't think that's fair to anybody because that's just not the way to do it. Now, when it comes to mental health, obviously that's something that you can't mess with. You can't tell somebody that they're struggling with something and like, no, you're not. You still have to do it. That doesn't make sense. So, like, I was trying to think when I when I was reading all this stuff. I'm like, how could they fix this or whatever? How could they make this where it's where it won't be as bad because she even said multiple times the part where struggles is after a loss, the questions they ask after a loss. So like my, my remedy would be, you don't have, you don't interview people that lost. You only interview the winners. 
So that way they don't have to face those tough questions that could affect their mental health. And then also if somebody says they're struggling with mental health, you get them somebody to talk to. You help them any way possible. You don't just ignore them like, nope, you're getting fine. I don't know if they did that or not, but like if you're at least giving them a, a, somebody to talk to and help them out with the mental health aspect, and this could be any sport. It doesn't have to be just tennis because I know tennis, golf, those are indiv- more individual sports, so it's more – individual talking all that kind of stuff but to me you could just be like hey we'll interview the the winners and that way you're not forcing people to have to answer those questions i know people want the tough questions asked too because they want to get that psyche but some people can't deal with that that's just that's not in their nature to be able to handle those things and if you're really good at a sport how are you supposed to handle that like if you have really bad anxiety or you really if you get really depressed and then somebody comes at you and you're just really good at the sport and you love the sport now you now it's a ding on you because you can't do the media. That's a whole other aspect that people can't judge people on. And who's to say that, oh, they can deal with this? Some people can't. And I think if they could provide some kind of help to help them throughout it, I think that would be helpful. And then and like and it'd be only in certain sports. Obviously, like football, you're still probably gonna interview the teams that lost because it's different when it's an individual sport because it's all falls on them. When it's a team sport, everything doesn't fall usually on one person. It usually falls on the whole team in general. So I think with golf or with tennis or any other individual sport, maybe that could be a remedy and you, maybe you try it for a year and see how it goes, but it might not. But that's the thing is it's, I do not agree with giving any one person special treatment because now you have to give everybody that same treatment. I just don't agree with that. But I think when it comes to mental health, you have to find some kind of balance that allows them to be able to not deal with this, especially if it's struggling, if they're struggling and it is truly affecting their mental health. Gary, you're a fucking cupcake, man. You no, are a true. cupcake. Talking about don't interview the losers. Some of the greatest sound bites in history come from the losing <laughs> team, bro. And team. you don't deny us that? Correct. Team, not individual. That's no, no, what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. It's, it's, come from, it's come from individuals on a team. It's Correct. come from individuals and, and on a team. They're different than individual losses. Bro, if you can't handle losing, don't fucking play. Or don't lose. Or don't lose. Or don't lose, but, Gary. But see, the problem is it's easy for to say because you don't have any mental health issues. That's the problem. If you had a mental health issue, you might not see that way. Bro, I some of the same stuff, and 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 this is just me. I I, I don't I'm not gonna claim that I've had it or or have it or Whatever the case may be, all I'm saying is, is when anybody lose that as competitive as we are, we all feel the same level of shitty. I, I don't care how you feel. It's how you bounce back from it. So maybe she's just not bouncing back fast enough from it. You can't. Now, when you say and there's many different levels of like mental health and I, I get that and I understand that. But in the event that you sign up to do a job and you go in and you do that job, you're telling me that you're capable of doing that job at the best of your ability. If not, then you don't come to work. And she did just that. That's what I loved about it, the fact that she withdrew from it to let them know, hey, it's not all about the money. I'm really that I got some issues. That's when I was, I believe her. That's when she won me over. But before then, I was just like, Cause when you just talking and you not make no action matches your your talking, then it makes no sense to me. But then when you say, "Hey, you know, I'm having a hard time here," and then you like Tiger Woods, for instance, like if Tiger was like, "Hey, man, I'm having a hard time," and he's showing up for every tournament, then you thinking like, "Oh, he making excuses." But now if he show up and he said he's having a hard time and he start withdrawing from some of these, y'all gonna be like, "Shit, he needs some help." So, so okay, so to to that point, so answer the question now. So she withdraws. So now you you believe her. So now what happens the next time she plays her. and she doesn't want to do a media interview? Now what? Well, that's that's what I was going into. If there's the if there's rules set into place where you have to do media interviews, then she gonna have to do these media interviews because again, like you, I don't agree with you showing one person's special treatment versus the other one. However, if that's person that we're talking about is special comes with the needs of needing special treatment then i don't see why we don't allot her that because now we know that there's a place there and we have to visit that place the only problem is is when you open that place there's people out there that want to exploit it 
So it, it's going to be really hard to uh, to watch it or monitor it to make sure that it is what they say that it is. It's going to come from a good place, but it's going to end up in a bad one. Kind of very similar to baseball right now. Baseball's trying to get the foreign substances off the pitcher's hands, and they want to check eight to ten times a game because it's starting to get very, very uh, 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 heavy in Major League Baseball right now, and they're trying to crack down on it and make sure it's just not mud, like they say it is, for a competitive advantage. And that's what I think that this could turn into by not doing media interviews. Because if you you don't know how I feel about the – because you don't know how I feel after a loss. So if you don't ask me how I felt about that loss, then now that soundbite or how they feel is not out there. And and I, I have to say this, and 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 I'm just I'm just going based off of like what's going on. If you can sit here and you can judge Antonio Brown by everything that he's done, we we all know that there's something wrong with that boy. We know there's something wrong with that boy. <laughs> we know there's something wrong with him. If we can see him go through everything that he's going through right now and not say that he got mental health issues and just blame it on that boy just acting out, then it's hard for a lot of people to believe what's going on in Osaka because she's not exhibiting the same signs that uh, Antonio Brown is showing. You get what I'm saying now, Time? So it's well, hard I would for say, us. To I would say that's more of she's not in the limelight oh, as much as Antonio see. Brown. I don't think she's in the limelight as much as Antonio Brown. So maybe she does have signs that we're not seeing. But to me, I think with this, with, with her, you know, she's probably been playing professional tennis since she was like 16, 17. And, you know, having that pressure on you at that age, not everybody, not everybody's ready to handle it as great as like somebody like LeBron did. So, you know what I'm saying is what you have to take into account you mean like Kevin, Dur- like age, Kevin Garnett did? Like the age, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Kevin Garnett was great, the big ticket. Um, what I'm saying is the age plays a lot of factors in that. I mean, because she's still young, 23, and I don't know her upbringing, but, you know, a lot of times these, I like to call them country club sports, golf and tennis. A lot yeah, of times you come from a, an affluent, you know, family where maybe you didn't had to face hard times. I'm not saying that's her situation, but I feel like you'll notice that sometimes uh, people that are in these sports that come from, you know, being able to grow up playing a sport, you probably yeah. didn't face a lot of the same situations as maybe people who play basketball, football, uh, you know, yeah. might have played. Or you didn't face the adversity. Right. You don't face now, the adversity. That's not what he's saying. You, 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 you face your own level of adversity. You just don't ex- you don't ex- you don't face the adversity to somebody like like a success story in football or in basketball. We all have them occasionally, but Correct. they're more prevalent in a, one of our sports than it is in tennis and golf. I totally get what you're saying. Go ahead, Tom. I sound like you're going somewhere with this. Well, well so I'm just saying it's like, you know, you, you don't want to say soft because it's hard to talk about mental, you know, health and say, you know, there's some, but, you know, you do have a, a, a valid point, I think, as far as, you were saying, D'Angelo, like asking people not to talk after a loss seems very soft. And like, I feel like you should be able to talk about stuff like that. And which is actually going to make it healthier for you. Maybe not right after you lose, whatever, however you want to do it. But I, you know, cause you can see both sides as far as like wanting to talk to the people, because when you're in that moment, that's when you get those great sound bites, but also maybe, you know, we don't have to talk to them right after they lose because that's, you know, that's when you see, you know, uh, people get affected. But it's, it's, I think it's all shaping around how the world is today. You know, we're moving towards a very much, you know, more, um, if you want to call it soft, uh, you know, world stance, that's fine. But I think it's more like acceptance, understanding. And, you know, I think that it's a, it's a progression that is good. Yeah. In some aspects, but in some aspects, it's gonna be, Tom. it's gonna feel weird and unusual as we're moving that way. Tom, I work for your company. I work for your company, and I come in and I say, "Look, man, my mental health ain't gonna let me come to any more meetings for the rest of the year. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do meetings, man. It's driving me insane. I just can't do it. What are you gonna do with me, Tom? How easy can I replace you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. That's my whole point. Well, that is saying, my whole point. She's not re- she's not easily replaced. She's a good ten- she's one of the greatest tennis players. She's not that easy to replace. If I'm a, somebody that's over here, you know, flipping burgers, you can find you can find another burger flipper before the, the shoe hits the ground. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. I think you know it's it's different because not only that it's like so, yes yeah, she works under the tennis association but like she's the one that brings them their money like she you know i'm always on the side of the players like like what i've told you guys before um i'm always on the side because the players are the ones going out there putting their bodies online risking their lives putting in the work you know i understand it's a business for the owners but i'll be damned you know what i'm saying it's like players are the ones that are making it happen i, I would be right. interested to know how long of a break after a loss tennis has before they have to go to interview? Because, like, football, we have 10 to 15 minutes after right. you get in the locker room before the media is allowed to talk to you. So you have time to calm down, relax, think about things before they come in. Now, if you're break- interviewing them as soon as they come off the court, that that I could see that being an issue. Like you said, maybe you don't do it as soon as they go off the court. Maybe you give them 15, 20 minutes, and then you interview them so they can collect themselves versus right. doing it. Because that's what we do in football. I don't, and in basketball, they do it right away. But actually, they have a little bit of time, it seems like. Because, you know, they always go do the shower, all that kind of stuff, before they go to the podium. So I would say it'd be interesting to know how long they have before they have to be interviewed in, in tennis. Because I don't know how long of a break it is before they have to go up there. Because yeah. most of the time, they're still in their uniforms and stuff like that. Usually, And we're not. We're in our street clothes by that time some points. Sometimes guys have already showered and everything. So it'd be it, – I don't know how much time they had to collect their self and thoughts before they had to do interviews. Okay. So so, so this is why it's very hard for me too, and I, and I want to make sure that I put this out there. Whenever we would have games, whether we would win or lose, you know, reporters would come out and they would ask questions and some were just stupid dumb and i thought it was like oh this is stupid why you there was reporters that i didn't like there was reporters that you know i just downright wouldn't talk to and that i just didn't i really disliked because of the questions that they asked me and and timing was always awful for me but a great for them but then as i sit back and i realized that all they were doing was their job they were or professional sports just in general everybody has a job and if you're good at your job as it relates to papers and newspaper you want clicks you want views so you're trying to ask the craziest sound to get the craziest sound bite that you possibly can so i get that down looking at how this business works out outside of going through it I don't understand who she has in her corner where she can curb all this. Well, I can still get up there. I don't have to tell you how I truly feel. I don't have to be honest with you. I can move this conversation along. You know what I'm saying? I can I can get through well, this interview. And I can get through the interview so well that a lot of people won't even interview me anymore. Because you know when you're a terrible interviewer, nobody wants to interview so you here. You can always do the Marshawn Lynch. I'm yes, only here right. to get fine. Also, like I said this to my buddies the other day. I said I mastered what to say so people wouldn't want to interview. Because I always gave the same generic answers for every question. So, like, time, give me a question you'd ask me after a game. So, Gary, how did it feel when you made that catch off your butt? Well, well, you know, the team did a good job. It didn't really matter because we had to win the game, and that's what it's about. And that would be it. Like, that's all I would say. Like, And I would do that about everything it's the bill belichick way if you just do they don't interview bill belichick as much as they do they do it obviously they do their normal stuff but they don't cover it as much because he says the same thing i learned that a long time ago if you say the same thing over and over again they're gonna stop interviewing you because there's no reason to because you're not gonna say anything different that's why that's why we're not rich out here because Nobody wants to take Gary and interview him and take him to the next level in media <laughs> all because of his tactics when he was playing. Hey, yeah. God. Yeah. I'm a Logan Paul or uh, Jake Paul <laughs> where I just say anything to get clicks. That's not me. But I, I think bringing up the Marshawn, so what? two things I need to happen. I need you guys to introduce Osaka to Marshawn Lynch so he can help her with the interview process. 
And then I think you also, whenever you kick AFWB back up, you guys should have an interview portion where you let these kids go through and practice doing interviews <laughs> after the training camp. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh, that's funny. We should we should do something like that, Gary. That would be dope. That that's why it's hard for me. That's why I can understand both sides. And even after understanding both sides, I really truly don't know which side of the fence I fall on because I again, uh, mental health is huge and it's it's very important. But at the same time, I'm thinking like because now you know how you get outside of the sport. And you try to understand the other side. And the understanding of the other side is, is if they worked in a normal job, that they wouldn't be able to. So that's why I'm I'm operating under the understanding of the majority of people that are not playing uh, this professional sport would have to err on the side of, hey, you got to do what your boss say or quit. And right. she quit. Yeah. <laughs> so I give right. her credit for that. She was willing yeah. to to it's put it strong. all to put to put up the words yeah. there, which yeah. is not going to be was... good for her sport. <laughs> right, you keep saying that. You you well, keep saying you that. So you, are, if... you're saying you're saying Osaka's the the like even she's she's jumping. She is Venus one of the best so... tennis players right now. Oh, okay. yeah. So she could so she could single handedly change how tennis operates just based on her withdrawing from the the open. Oh, this is. This I don't. Is I don't know if it would be that big. I, I'd say like, okay, so say Serena and Venus did it. I think they would have more pool. I think she's getting to that level. She's not there yet, but I think like, say if it was Serena and Venus both did it at the same time in the same tournament, then yes, I think things would change. I think it's going to be moving in the right direction. I don't think she's as big as that yet. I think she's starting to move the needle. Right. Oh, okay. So, so this matters. Her withdrawing matters. Yeah, I think it matters a little bit. I don't think it matters. I think I don't think they're gonna make it where it matters on the grand scheme of things. But I think they're gonna matter on the small scheme to start, and then they're gonna have conversations that they weren't gonna have before. Yeah. Well, this, you know. It, go ahead, D. Yeah, this can be like the and and I hate to say it, this can be like the Colin Kaepernick of tennis as it relates to how this can be viewed and how people take mental health. You get what I'm saying, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. We'll see. I mean, change change is inevitable. And speaking of change, I had another topic I want to bring up to you guys. What you got? Our boy, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and some of these changes he made in the WWE this week blew my mind. And I need to get y'all's take on this. Our, oh, Braun Strowman got released from the WWE. Can you believe that? Blows my mind because he was just in the main event for the title. And he's a big name. He's huge. Like, I think he's, he can, he can win and lose. It doesn't matter. And he still doesn't lose his popularity. Like he can be going for the title or he could just be in a normal feud and it doesn't even matter. Everybody still enjoys him. So it makes a little no sense at all. I don't think that's going to be AEW's game. I don't know if he's going to fit there. I think he could go to New Japan instead. Uh, um, and then even Aleister Black. Out, they were just starting right. to try and bring him back. He literally just reappeared, and then they released him. Like, it, I, I just don't know what's going on. I know there's rumors that supposedly Vince is talking about maybe selling, which would I don't know if that's true or not. Who knows? But I don't foresee him ever selling, personally. But you never know. I just it doesn't all make right. sense to me. I think it's all the other promotions gains, AEW Impact, uh, New Japan, OVW, all these other all these other organizations. It's going to be their their gains. I I too have subscribed to the rumor mill there, Gary. Yeah. And I in the rumor mill, I was told that uh, Braun Strowman was having some contract issues where his contract was just astronomical and he wasn't living up to the hype of the contract. So they they release them to get him on a better contract. My question, so not living up to the hype of the contract, the hype is built by the storylines you put him in. And that's what I think is him. insane. <laughs> yes, that's what I think is insane, bro. Like, you're still in the business where the hype is still controlled by the person who's paying you. Right. But I, that, that's crazy to me. Anyway, I, he was having some contract issues, and that 
his popularity didn't re, didn't didn't max out where his contract was, so they cut him. I also heard through the grapevine that this is a really good move for New Japan Wrestling. That a lot of these guys are going to go over there, and WWE is going to sign like a a a, a five in one or some stupid to where uh, they'll have a cross country promote promotion with uh, New Japan Wrestling. See, and I was I'll, like, the reason why I could see that not working, like I think it. It's interesting thought, but the problem is I think Kenny Omega has so much pull in New Japan. I don't think he would wrestle New Japan and any of the AEW guys would do any New Japan stuff if WWE signed a contract with them. So I don't know if I could see that happen because Kenny Omega, that's his first love was New Japan. Like he made his name there. So that's why Vince is going after it because he knows that most of the stars now came through New Japan wrestling. So I don't know if that, I don't foresee, I don't know. I just don't see that going to, I don't see that rumor being true. I think it's not going to come out because I feel like they're going to talk to Kenny Omega and some of the other guys and they're going to be like, no, that's not smart, whatever, because they're going to, I think AEW still does stuff with them. They're still going to continue to do stuff and it's not going to be exclusive. I think that's the thing is AEW is not being exclusive same with impact they're all they're going cross promotion and it's huge because it's getting everybody yeah. that opportunity to, to showcase himself and then i know wwe everything they do is an exclusive deal you have to wrestle yeah. for us you have to do this you can't like they're not so i think that's going to make it more flexibility for the wrestlers so i think it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out hot take all boys right. hot take boys yeah. real quick and <clears throat> i said this when we first started talking about AEW. i still believe this to my core that we will find out eventually one day that Vince McMahon has a part in AEW and they are keeping it under wraps very well. But I think that he has a lot. I think he created AEW and maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I think he realized that the WWF versus WCW Monday night wars was the biggest and best that wrestling's ever been. So he's trying to create an uh, opposition to build up, and not only that, look, it's privately owned, privately owned, you build up AEW, and then what happens whenever you take it public like WWE? You guys make billions of dollars. So there's like, you got you got a, a dual fold. You get to build competition, to build up a battle like you had back in the day, but also make money by building up this company to go public with. See, I just, I can't agree because AEW knocked off of NXT, made NXT move nights. So that's not yeah. something if you're in a competition, you're going to want. You just had to change nights because of that. Like, yeah. right. That's why I can't agree with that. And I just don't, I don't foresee Tony Khan just being a puppet in that. I just don't, I can't. Tony Khan's worth, his dad and him are worth just as much as Vince, or, or if not more. So I don't foresee them just be, oh, yeah, I'll be your puppet and you can, we'll do this under wrap. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happen either. Uh not only that, I I I don't you you would think that they will have this money Mayweather. Yeah, that's my shout out to the dog. Congrats. Um but <laughs> uh <laughs> you got to have it, the the way of pushing your pride aside and making that money. If that's what it's about. I mean, I understand that, you know, Vince is worth billions, Gary. So maybe it's not about the money. Maybe his pride is way more than, uh, you know, an extra couple billion of dollars. But if you was able to push your pride aside, can you imagine WWE versus AEW, like old school Monday night? Can you imagine that? The problem is, what happens if you do that and then you lose like WCW did? (laughs) How much would that flip? That's the problem you'd run into, though. So, because right now AEW's got so much traction, and then you're getting all these big names released from that were fan. Like people like Braun Strowman, you might they might say, yeah. "Oh, he wasn't a fan. He was a fan favorite. Everybody liked him." You release them, like, yeah. and you keep pushing people that did. I will say Roman Reigns has gotten more popularity since he's been a villain. But before that, they were shoving him down his throat, and people weren't liking it. So, yeah. and we're about to see how they're going to react to it when it comes back to live. When they get back live fans. Yes, yeah. sir. So, so I want to I, I wanna go this route and then we can we can end the podcast because I also want to talk a little sir the story. But uh, as you look at the wrestlers right now, what wrestlers do you see that was in WWE that you like what AEW did when they repackaged them? 
advice. So I'll give you a case in point. Matt Hardy and the broken one, when he was uh, Impact and when he was uh, uh, before he moved to WWE, I was like, dude, this is like the greatest ever. Kind of similar to Bray Wyatt in WWE before he's gone through all the transformations that he's gone through so far. But I'm just like, damn, like this broken character Matt has is like insanely good, dude. He's putting a lot in it. And then he goes to WWE and they bury him. And then they bring back the, I'm like, damn, y'all just ruined the character that he took years bringing to life. I'll give you another one, uh, another case in point. I want to hear yours. EC3. When EC3 was with uh, WWE, I'm like, dude, this is corny as hell. Talking about the 1%. Then he leaves and then he turns into the persona that he has right now. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking amazing. This is you. This is you. Like, create the narrative. This is uh, this dark shit. This is, this is his character. Why didn't y'all let him do this in WWE? So, again, I mean, I know John Moxley, you know, was uh, uh, Ambrose when he was with WWE. But what character change do you see that left WWE that went to AEW or vice versa that you just like, oh, I'm happy what they did there and the way they packaged them? Well, I would say mine would be the two brothers. I think Cody and Dustin. Dustin, he was huge with gold dust. He was uh-huh. huge. And then they just made him a nobody. And he didn't wrestle for a little bit. Then he came back and they tried to do the gold dust stuff again. But it wasn't the same. I think the way his character is in AEW is awesome. And same with Cody. They try to make Cody stardust to try to copy off of gold <laughs> dust. That was terrible. And then he goes here and he's Cody Rhodes. He's the yeah. son of Dusty Rhodes. And like he's just who he is. And I think he's great. I think he's doing a great job. And I I love Chris Jericho being able to do so many different things. He did great stuff in WWE. He's still creating great stuff in AEW. I think that in its own shows a testament of Chris Jericho himself. No matter where he's at, he's able to produce stuff. But I think that plays in because Chris Jericho was, was given the freedom to. And a lot of guys now in WWE aren't given the freedom to express himself. And Chris Jericho is riding that last wave of guys that was allowed to. And he's just doing it now. And all these guys in AEW are getting the chance to express themselves. Same with Impact. They're getting the chance to show who they are as a player, as wrestlers. And it's amazing because you get to see what's in their mind. You get to see the stuff they can create versus something that's force-fed to them that might not work. So question, does Chris Jericho step up into the greatest of all times discussions after this jump to AEW, after he's been showing his versatility? Well, I think he's always been in the discussion. I know he's 100% a top 10 wrestler of all time. It, now, arguably, you can put him in the top five. He is – the thing is, like, I actually – I don't know if y'all been watching the biographies on A, A and A and E of wrestlers, but I just watched the Rowdy Rowdy Piper one. It was amazing because I have them all DVR'd. And he, they, everybody's even said he might be the best of all time on the mic. Because the way he, because he was always a heel, the way he could draw people in and make him hate him, was just astronomical, and how he's able to do that. And he's he was like what bridged everything over. And Hogan even says it on it. Obviously, it's a documentary for Roddy Roddy Piper, but he's like, without Roddy Roddy Piper, WrestleMania one probably wouldn't have been a success because that's who he wrestled. He wrestled Hogan. Right, he man. was the he was the hero. Roddy Roddy Piper was the villain because he had basically kicked Cindy Lauper on TV. So like he had built that persona and was able to do that. So like there's so many great names. It's hard to say. I think if you're going to have the top of all time, you've got to have a top 10. I don't think you can have a Mount Rushmore four. I think there's too many good wrestlers because it's the same thing we do with other sports. There's different eras. It's different type of wrestling. Like your wrestlers in the, in the 2000s are going to be different than your wrestlers in the 90s and the 80s. I think you get to do it by era, just like I think you should have to do it by era for other sports. It's hard to do the greatest of all time or the top five or whatever in all time because the different eras, it's a different style of wrestling, different. Like Kenny Omega, I think once he finishes, he's going to be one of the best of this era's wrestlers of all time because this era, he is amazing. He's outrageous what he's able to do. And like I would, I would say it right now he was a better wrestler. Right now, obviously, if you had Ric Flair, Ric Flair is a great for that time in the '80s. But in the 2000s, Ric Flair wouldn't be considered. I don't think a lot of guys growing up they're not going to say Ric Flair is one of their favorite because they didn't watch him. So it's right. got to be more by era. I think Chris Jericho is definitely arguably in the top five. Obviously, for me, my number one's always Shawn Michaels, but 
that's just who? Ask me HBK, this. the heartbreak kid. Hey, hey, think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. Hey, yeah, that's, my, that's my theme song. I walk into the bedroom every time. I, I, I turn that on before I head to the bedroom. And, and, but, then, um, and then Cynthia turns it off and says, get that nonsense out of your account. <laughs> Good night, little guy. Good night, little and guy. Then, <laughs> and then she turns on she turns on the Undertaker theme song and says, rest in peace, and sends my ass Correct. to bed. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to ask you this. And don't go into it. Give me one name, answer. I'm going to start with D'Angelo. Who is the Michael Jordan of wrestling? Undertaker. Gary? Honest, I'm just going to say Hogan. See, and that's, I, I think it's Hogan. I think it's Hogan or Stone Cold because of, you know, when you say, uh, the reason I say Stone Cold, I see you jump back. The reason I say Stone Cold is because Stone Cold carried, you know, obviously with The Rock, but he like carried that air in a lot of times. From the from that '90s generation, people like just love Stone Cold so much, and you know he didn't actually have a as long a career as he could have because of injury, um, and so like, but his apex, the apex of Stone uh, Cold. Uh, didn't you just say don't go into detail? You didn't let us go into detail. Well, I'm just yeah, you can. <laughs> I was just saying, but I want to get to no, no, no. You told us we could know, but All then right. you you do exactly what you told us we couldn't do. That's because I'm the host. And so, <laughs> who do y'all think is the LeBron of wrestling? You go first. Uh, time. You want me? I think then. All right. I'm going to say it's John Cena. Uh, I'm I like say, John Cena. I might say John Cena as well. I, I'm going to say Randy Orton. Are right, you going to tell you why I say John Cena or you want to say why you say Randy Orton? If you if I say that, I gotta go back to why I said he was the Undertaker. Correct. All right, so well, don't no. Okay, so I'll give you mine for John Cena then. So the reason I say he's John Cena is because he, John Cena was the greatest of an era in wrestling. He's one that brought life back to wrestling, but it also was a generation that some will say is much softer than the Attitude Era. A lot of people that love the Attitude Era hate John Cena because he doesn't stand for what they grew up watching, which is, you know, hardcore, uh, you know, badass wrestling. John Cena, I think, is diverse. Time. Nobody, nobody asked for this time. Nobody asked yeah, for this time. I asked for it, baby. No, but no, what no, I'm no. Is, and I don't, we don't want to talk about this anymore. We want to talk about the story. Uh, our latest chapter <laughs> in other Bro, so we can we can close this podcast out because we're not going to continue to let you hijack this podcast and talk about great. LeBron James, and it just can't do it. I'm so glad basketball season over with for you. I'm so glad, but again, I want to talk about Sarah the story and loving basketball. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Sure, sure, we can talk about that. Okay, so it was we did the right. entire chapter. Gary, Gary's decision, I wanted to episode y'all to death, but he decided that he wanted to put it all together and give y'all, uh, give it to you the long way. You know, we had to mix it up. You know, how we had to yeah. mix it up. So, uh, there was little people comments were telling that they, they didn't like it. They had to wait a week. So we just figured, Hey, let's try and see how the people like it when it's fully released. Yeah. So if you guys can go to our YouTube channel, the Cinnamon Sugar Podcast, YouTube show and check out Love and Basketball. It just dropped last week. It's the entire chapter, so you don't have to work from week to week. Wait from week to week. And let us know. Give us your feedback. We'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, we do take y'all uh, feedback very serious. Uh, our host won't not let us. Right. Exactly. Well, our host loves comments unless they hate on LeBron. Then he just deletes them and ignores them because yeah. they mean nothing to him for well, some reason. I'm, it's almost like John Cena. You can't see me. I can't see hate comments for LeBron. In my I, eyes, all, me. all I'm asking you, uh, Tom, is could you please, please stay away from the LeBron James talk because he's no longer in the tournament. So we nope. just want to talk about the people that are in the tournament. Thank nope. you. Well, there's no tournament, but yes, in the playoffs. <laughs> He's, that's what it is. It's a just know I still have my ability to win my hundred dollars time. The Jazz are in the next round, and the Clippers. Right. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. But hey, listen here. 
you know, we we cannot talk about LeBron for a few, but you know, by July rolls around, like he said in his last interview, nope. Goon Squad, baby. Like we're I worried said, about Space like Jam said, too. Two weeks. Two weeks. I'm gonna give you a deep dive with numbers. Yeah. We'll go from there. And and just just to to let y'all know, uh and you know, it's been pretty cool y'all having me in. But I'm in Vegas, baby. That's what I did this weekend. Woo! All right. We'll see you next week with another episode of the Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. Go ahead, D. There you go. That's when you do it. Come on. Woo! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 